Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, and thank you so much for joining me. This is Dr. Fred, and you're listening to another episode of Study, Grow, Know. The title of this one is called Trusting During Times of Deception. Well, this particular question is becoming more and more important with each passing day. We know, for instance, that the Bible warns us about the deception that will occur during the end times leading up to and including the tribulation period. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, 1 Timothy 4, 1, 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5, 2 Peter 2, and 2 Peter 3, 3 to 7, just to name a few. Now, one would think that leaders within Christendom can generally be trusted when it comes to their advice regarding health decisions we make. But unfortunately, this has proven not to be the case. Now, instead of those folks working to protect the flock from lies and harm, many have just simply jumped on the bandwagon to convince people to take an experimental jab that is proving to do far more harm than any good that it was said to affect. And I have links for this information in the transcript. This is not only tragic, but heartbreaking when considering just how many have believed what they've been told and still believe, even though people around them, and in many cases, they themselves are experiencing terrible adverse reactions to the jab and even death in increasing numbers. Dr. Joseph Mercola wrote an article where he highlighted a number of times religious leaders cited with government expert medical talking heads and agencies in an attempt to help folks accept the CV jab. Now, these leaders have done whatever they could to overcome people's fears on the experimental gene therapy jab. Mercola's article is linked also in the footnotes as a PDF, so you can download that and read it at your leisure. And we're now seeing the outcome of this massive propaganda campaign, which includes growing numbers of adverse reactions and sudden deaths. Now, some of the well-known names within Christendom who have stepped up and put their stamp of approval on the jab are Dr. Francis Collins, Russell Moore, Ed Stetzer, Franklin Graham, Rick Warren, Tim Keller, and others. Now, in a 2020 document called Love Your Neighbor, Get the Shot, That was distributed by a company called BioLogos, interestingly enough, that is a Dr. Francis Collins organization, and it was approved and signed by many folks, including N.T. Wright, Philip Yancey, Lisa Sharon Harper, VeggieTales creator Phil Vischer, Christianity Today CEO Timothy Dalrymple, and several seminary presidents, among others. Now, religious leaders across many denominations and even religions tried to ease people's fears about the experimental CV jab. It kind of reminds me of what Margaret Sanger, whose organization eventually became Planned Parenthood, did uh, in the very early years by hiring and working with black ministers to help ease fears of black women in the community. Same thing, same exact thing. So because of all that, we are seeing destruction of people's immune systems for thousands and thousands of people. Hospitals are not 
being filled with the unvaxxed, as Biden and others warned, but instead they're being filled with the vaxxed. I don't blame people who, in good faith, took the jab based on what turned to be false premises to save their jobs. Now, at the same time, government had no right to mandate that, get the jab or get fired, but they did. And in essence, they approved when private companies did that as well. The saddest part of all this is how religious leaders tried to justify their positions by using the Bible and the life of Jesus as an example. They constantly intoned that Jesus would have gotten the vax, which is at best wishful thinking on their parts based totally on feels. It's not based on scripture. There is no example of God the Son ever being sick or seeing any type of medical person like Dr. Luke during his lifetime. In fact, Jesus constantly pointed people toward God in faith for healing. And Jesus even raised people from the dead who were unable to actively participate in that act through their faith. Yet these leaders had no problem stating unequivocally that Jesus would have taken the jab. Well, they told us repeatedly that Jesus, because of his great love for humanity, would have taken the jab because it would, allegedly, stop the virus in its tracks and not be spread to other people by the person who took the vax. And that was the main reason used by religious leaders to literally guilt people into taking the experimental jab. And by the way, it is still experimental, In another article Mercola posted, we now know beyond doubt that the vax was not able to stop the spread and was not even able to keep those who received it from also acquiring COVID. We know that. We know that because they admitted it in front of a European parliamentary gathering of government leaders, admitting that the jab was never tested to see if it would stop the spread or keep people from getting CV if they took it. So if that's what it's based on, and then we learn the truth that it wasn't able and can't stop the spread, nor can it keep people who took the jab from obtaining or acquiring COVID. Well, if that's the truth, then the whole line of reasoning falls apart. It was a bold-faced lie from the beginning. Now, Mercola writes in an article posted December 2021, it's almost a year ago, he highlights a severe increase in deaths then that occurred just 13 weeks before he wrote that article way back then. And he says this, quote, 107,700 seniors died above the normal rate, despite a 98.7% injection rate. The medical community, however, continues to be baffled at the mysterious uptick in deaths. They just don't understand it. Now, one would think if they are so absolutely certain there is zero connection to the vax, they would offer as much data as possible to support that conclusion, unless they just arrived at it arbitrarily. But instead, they simply ignore the growing data that appears to show there is a connection. And those who do try to ask honest questions are banned, censored, ridiculed as conspiracy theorists. In spite of what some may believe, this reaction is absolutely telling. Now, it's interesting, too, because Dr. Mercola also highlights the criminality, the historical criminality of Pfizer over the years in that same article. 
He says between 2002 and 2010 alone, Pfizer and its subsidiaries were fined $3 billion in criminal convictions, civil penalties, and jury awards. That's $3 billion in criminal convictions. In 2011, he continues, Pfizer agreed to pay another $14.5 million to settle federal charges of illegal marketing. And in 2014, five, what, four, three, four years later, they settled federal charges relating to improper marketing of the kidney transplant drug Rapamune to the tune of $35 million. Okay, so on top of the first $3 billion, there's... 14 and a half million, and then another 35 million. Okay, is that it? Oh, no, no. Um, Mercola continues. They also had a $75 million judgment to settle charges related to their unethical testing of a new broad spectrum antibiotic on critically ill Nigerian children. In that same year, Pfizer also faced thousands of lawsuits accusing it of hiding known side effects of its anti-cholesterol drug, Lipitor. Another $75 million? Yet they're still allowed to operate as a legitimate company? Well, the drug Lipitor, which is a statin, has been around for a while, and millions of people have taken it or are currently taking it to treat high cholesterol. It is believed by my aunt that my uncle died because he was on Lipitor for years. His muscles atrophied and eventually lost all muscle tone. He was so frail and thin, he had to be carried everywhere. And finally, his body just gave up. Doctors were again mystified and they could find no connection or cause. I was on Lipitor for one month and I began serious, experiencing serious muscle fatigue and pain in my calf muscles that seemed to come out of nowhere. I stopped the drug and the pain vanished within several days. I then found niacin, which turns out to be a natural statin, according to Dr. Abram Hoffer in his book, Niacin, The Real Story. So since niacin works so well, why should I go back to a drug created in a lab? My cholesterol today is perfectly fine, completely in the range it's supposed to be in. Now, some of the tide may finally be turning, though. We just learned last week of New York State Supreme Court's ruling against the city of New York City. The court has ordered that all employees fired for not taking the vax be reinstated and recommended back pay be given. The court said essentially that the mandate was unconstitutional. Well, frankly, I'm really surprised that a blue state's court system would rule this way, but I'm glad they did. In related news and information, Igor Chudov recently reported on The Atlantic, which appears to be asking for forgiveness. What we're seeing now is a real push toward amnesty for these folks. Author Emily Oster's subtitle of her article states, quote, we need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID, unquote. Well, gee, if I remember correctly, the reason most were in the dark was solely due to the fact that the mainstream media, following the cues from Fauci, Burks, and others, would not allow any thoughts, questions, or comments that did not support their narrative. 
No one was allowed to ask about ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, and those who did were cast off as conspiracy theorists who wanted to use horse paste. It's not horse paste. There's an actual ivermectin drug that's been available and used by humans for for years. But these cheap drugs, we were told, would kill people, so we needed to stay away. No, no, remdesivir and a machine that breathed for you was far superior, they, were, they told us, even though many died because of that treatment, which I believe could have been avoided from everything I'm reading. And there are lawsuits going right now against hospitals who allowed and even caused patients to die using this protocol. But Oster at The Atlantic is now ready to admit a few things. Listen to this. She says, quote, in April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I had made myself. We had a family hand signal which the person in front would use if someone was approaching on the trail and we needed to put our masks on. Once, when another child got too close to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her, Social distancing! Unquote. Hmm. Well, you ready for the admission? Oster's first sentence of the next paragraph says this, Quote, These precautions were totally misguided. Unquote. Really? Huh. So you mean all those people who refused to wear masks and didn't want to wear masks, but were kicked out of stores and everything else, they were actually right? Yeah, she really printed that, that the precautions people took were totally misguided. Her implication is that we could not have known. Well, if we had listened to some very intelligent epidemiologists at the start of this pandemic, we would have known. And we would have been much better off. Instead, we listened to fear mongers like Fauci and not only gave in to his fear mongering, but actually embraced the fear so that we became a society of people who saw every other person as though they were a walking virus resulting in death if we contracted it. The common belief then was that we needed to social distance, wear masks, and stay locked in at home unless we absolutely had to go out or we would risk contracting CV and dying. The belief that it was rare to survive CV was the normal accepted thinking. If you got it, oh, chances were excellent. You were going to die. And I'll tell you what, from what we're learning now, if you were sent to the hospital and put on remdesivir and hooked up to a machine that that breathe for you, you did die. Very few people survived that. Yet Oster's article is patently vapid, filled with tripe and mixed signals. For a great review of it, read Igor Chudov's comments, and I've got that linked in the transcript. And for another take, where the author calls out Oster's quote-unquote forgive and forget mantra, read the article called Emily Oster Proposes a Pandemic amnesty, unquote. And I will warn readers and listeners that the author in that article uses a touch of foul language. So if you're easily offended, stay away. What epidemiologists way back when, two or three years ago, tried to tell us 
before they were censored, is that wearing masks and social distancing actually makes things worse because not only it doesn't help our immune system, but actually starts to compromise the immune system. And then when we briefly pass people in close proximity while in public, oh sure, we can pick up something from them. But if our immune systems are working well, we will be able to fight it off and at the same time, make our immune systems stronger. But by distancing from people, wearing masks, refusing to hug or shake hands, we are causing our immune systems to relax and not be on alert, compromised. Herd immunity is an actual thing, and it has never needed a vaccine before. Herd immunity is what you get when you rub elbows with people in public all the time, some of whom have an illness, some of whom have a cold, a slight virus, whatever, and our immune system deals with it. Months later, however, when people decided to stop wearing masks, if they decided, I still see people wearing masks all the time, and then once again get closer to physical, uh, physically to people, immune systems will be susceptible to many illnesses that normally would not impact people. Please do not tell me that Fauci and Burks and others were not aware of this. They were aware of it, and they pushed it away. They ignored it. Why? Why did they do that? Well, if I have to tell you, you are not using critical thinking skills. So all that went on is due to simply not knowing we were uninformed way back then, according to Oster. Whether it was the mainstream media backing up the so-called experts or they told us, oh, social distancing and masks would be the way to go until the vax became available or others like the Atlantic or religious leaders trying to twist our arms using guilt to get us to take the jab. You know, love your neighbor. If you don't love your neighbor, well, mm, that's a that's a sin. That's not Christian. We've got to be Christian. So love your neighbor and love your neighbor means getting the vax. Jesus would do it. The reality is that it is looking seriously like global society has been played. And the question is, how many more will still die? I understand that the COVID now is going to become a once a year shot. And they're also working on the COVID vaccine that can be inhaled in your nose. All of this means that before you trust anyone again, think twice or three times. And please, let's not forget that Jesus warned us that the deception of these last days would be so profound that if it was possible, if it was possible, even the elect would be deceived. That's how strong the deception will be. Is it any wonder most people are falling for the lies? And that was in Matthew 24, 24. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 12, Paul warns about this end times deception that Jesus warned before Paul. Paul says this, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion 
so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Strong words, good words, righteous words. The strong delusion appears to be here or certainly on its way. The percentage of global society that was deceived into taking something that ultimately can seriously harm and kill is absolutely astounding and people still aren't making the connection. I have relatives who are vaxxed. They have gotten COVID three or four times. In the church I attend and in area churches, there are people, and even at work, there are people who have been vaxxed who are constantly getting sick, constantly getting sick. It is because, according to doctors Malone and Cahill and Corey and many others, it is because their immune systems are being destroyed by the spike protein that is inside them. And because of that, they are becoming susceptible to many things that their body would have successfully fought off previously. Many are waking up to the reality of what they've done to their bodies, but the damage to those bodies may have already been done. That's not to say they can't detox. That's not to say they can try to get healthier, stop the damage from going any further, but the damage, some of it is done, especially if it's to the heart muscle. The heart cannot regenerate itself. Based on the CV pandemic and its results, can we say and believe that government and many of our religious leaders have our best interests at heart? Answer that question for yourself. Thanks so much for joining me today. And I pray that until we meet again, that the Lord will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 